Okay. Hi, welcome to another episode of Tabletop Transmissions. I'm one of your hosts, Liz, and joining me tonight is going to be my solo co-host. Hi, I'm Cassie. Howdy. All right. Uh, So, kind of a... uh, All right, hi, welcome to the the episode. I've already forgotten what I'm going to (laughs) say. I meant so <laughs> okay, hi. Um, so Fran, Fran was unable to make it this time, and um, she says hi to everybody, all of our listeners. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so like it was, <laughs> I'm sorry, gang, it's been a week. Yeah. Um, so, like we were saying, uh, Fran unfortunately couldn't make it tonight. Uh, so, what was it also being uh, Pride season? And, and some stuff conflicting. Um, we are going to be doing just two short episodes, one this week, one next. I'll, I'll give a little disclaimer for the next one as well. So, no, we haven't shortened format. We're just doing this to, uh, well, let us go out and have some fun. Yeah, yeah, and happy Pride, everybody. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope you've been enjoying it. Um, this is only my second Pride out, and uh, I'm going to a few more events than I did last year, because last year I was terrified. And this year, I'm terrified, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> I, so, actually, so one thing I didn't get to tell you during our, our pre-show banter uh, <laughs> was I'm, I'm possibly might be marching in the Transmark March in San Francisco. Oh, cool. Or the Dyke March. Well, nice. one of those two. Nice. Kind of I, depends on timing. Yeah, I should be at Trans Pride Seattle um, if you want to meet the face uh, in front of the voice, because it's not, it's not behind the voice. Um, I, I should be at Trans Pride Seattle unless something goes horribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it be behind the voice? Because it's behind the music, I would imagine there. Uh... Uh, audience, I am just arguing for arguing's sake. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 a little um we're keeping a little loose this week, um and probably next week, so uh, bear with us. Yeah, the uh the person that reined us in, norm- well, I normally I'm the one that reined us in, but <laughs> the person said, that normally talks a lot and tries to keep us on topic is not here. I just said screw it. So. <laughs> Uh, this week is going to be talking about, uh, I don't know, your favorite donut shop. <laughs> Actually, when I was in California recently, uh, I've discovered the California Donut Shop. California Donut Shop. That like, like, well, like, that's not a particular brand, but the phenomenon of just oh. a little mom-and-pop donut shop. Oh, yeah. We've got a few of those in the D.C. area, but oh my gosh. 
Like yeah. every little small town we were in had like three or four like little mom and pop donut shops. Yeah, there are small town there are small donut shops here, but we also have something called Top Pot, which is started out as a small thing and has gone all over the city and is pretty amazing. What uh what is it? It's it's donuts and coffee. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say, as a former East Coast person, I'm not going to say that I don't miss Dunkin's, because I miss Dunkin's. <laughs> but Top Pot donuts are pretty, pretty outstanding. Now, I can, as, as someone who grew up on the Gulf Coast, uh, as someone who desperately missed kolaches, hey, shout out, um, let us know on Facebook or Twitter, or our own personal Twitters, uh, if you've ever had a kolache. Because I want to reminisce with people. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, it's okay. So it's a Polish pastry. Uh-huh. Hi, welcome to Pastry Cast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a Polish pastry. Um, I think it's Polish, at least. If, again, if I'm wrong, tell me. Um, but it's like a really fluffy, almost brioche dough mm-hmm. with um, sausage, with wrapped around sausage. And sometimes there's like pepper jack cheese, or you stuff it with jalapenos, too. So it's like a sausage roll. It's sort of like a sausage roll, yeah. except it's lighter and fluffier. I, You know, I have had um, things like that, but I haven't... I mean, my my uh, uh, Eastern European dumpling tends to go towards the pierogi side. Um, but, uh, huh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really, it's weird. Like, South Texas has a lot of, um, had a lot of Eastern European immigrants. Huh. Like, it was so, like, later half of the century, so, just, you could find, like, really good bakeries with all sorts of good stuff. Mm. But, uh, no, you didn't hear the computer talk about that. We were talking about RPGs. Um, yep. So, funny topic. Funny, it's so kind of interesting. We started talking about uh, foreign stuff. Well, not foreign. Well, yeah, foreign. But yeah, well, yeah. Um, you might even use the word alien. Ooh. ooh, spooky! Oh my god, that's a great segue. I, I got. I am. I am the best. At this. <laughs> I will toot my own horn. Um. So we're going to be talking a little bit today, and possibly into our next one. We're going to see where the conversation goes. We're going to be talking about good old uh, HPLH, Howard Phillips Lovecraft, mm. and his titular creation, Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to start with a nice little disclaimer, which is we are probably going to be discussing topics that could be a little triggering because as many people know hp lovecraft although he wrote some amazing stuff he had some very 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 bad uh how should i he he was he was a racist he was an anti-semite um he was i'm sure a homophobe i don't know specifically certainly he'd be a transphobe um, oh, abs- yeah, no, we are yeah. not glorifying this person. No, he no, no, is- not in any way. And we are going to avoid using certain words mm-hmm. that he used and that appear in his stories. Um, the most we will get to alluding to those words are with um, euphemisms. So don't worry about that. 
but I do want to make sure people who could be triggered by that kind of thing understand. Yeah, so what, so again, we are, I know we get off topic a lot, and, uh, but just a reminder to folks, we are an RPG podcast. Yes, we are. Um, so, the titular, I know, you know what, that was my word of day, I've used it once. Um, the, the quintessential, there we go, that was just There we go. Uh, the quintessential Lovecraftian po- podcast, okay. <laughs> that would be Miskatonic University. Yeah, the quintessential uh, Lovecraftian role-playing game is Call of Cthulhu thank you. Uh, by Chaosium. And the main reason I think it's the quintessential Lovecraftian role-playing game is because Chaosium got into a huge battle about copyrights and trademarks to ensure that it was the quintessential Lovecraftian role-playing game. <laughs> Yeah, there's a really interesting bit about that in um, the book Designers and Dragons. Oh, you know, I've seen that. I've heard of that book, but I haven't read it. It's, um, I've read that bit of it. I had copies. I'm not sure where they are. Um, okay. So I, I can't I would double check. I think, I think the library that I work at, being very, very vague here, might have a copy of uh, the book there well, there are four volumes um okay maybe it's, just, maybe it's just one of them or maybe i'm confusing it with something else uh you should interlibrary you can find a copy interlibrary loan it because they're mm-hmm. really good okay um so yeah so i mean i mean that's definitely something that we should probably discuss but let's start talking about uh content first um yeah. the the, the Call of Cthulhu system is very interesting in that it has a uh, mechanic called uh, sanity um, for reasons that anyone who has read any Lovecraft should understand. <laughs> um, and in addition to losing health and strength and things like that, you can also go plum crazy. Oh, yeah. Very, very much so. Um So, yeah, like, Sanity is definitely an interesting mechanic, um, and there's a lot of different ways to play Cthulhu. It used to be, you would, uh, it used to be very what's called purist. It's, your characters would go into a death, what's called a death spiral. Mm-hmm. You start to lose a bit of Sanity, that makes you a little crazier. Um, well, no, I'm sorry, I don't like that word, crazy. A little, that makes you a little bit more unstable. So it makes you more susceptible to losses of sanity, mm-hmm. a rinse and repeat. So it's you know until eventually you're uh, you're you join the winning you join the winning team. <laughs> uh, more than once have I done that in a game. Yeah, uh, we had um, a player who had to leave the game and wound up joining the winning team, and coming back later as an NPC, and that was disturbing. <laughs> yeah. The, um, so kind of the basic, if you were playing, so we're going to maybe talk a little bit about some of the offshoots of Cthulhu, mm. the other different games, but kind of kind of the rundown. So let's say uh, one of us, probably me, invites you to a Call of Cthulhu game. Here's yeah. what you can expect. Uh, full, oh, also, full disclosure, I love this game. I have an Elder Sign tattooed on my arm. That's love. 
Um, it was my first tattoo. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, kind of the basics you can expect is you are not PCs. Well, PC is still a term you can use, but you are investigators. Yes. You're, this is primarily, first and foremost, in a game about solving mysteries. Or attempting to solve mysteries. Or attempting to solve. And we're going to yeah. get into, I want to get into that a little bit. We talk about some of the offshoots mm-hmm. of Cthulhu Gaming. Because mm-hmm. there's another system that I actually, as much as I love Call of Cthulhu, I like this one better. Okay. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So okay. like I said, you're investigators, and you're trying to solve mysteries. You're in the 1920s. Generally speaking, there are Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu supplements that can place you in different areas. Um, let's just make that clear. But the base game tends to be the, ni- the default to the 1920s setting. Right. Like, like Cassie was saying, there are other um, others, uh, settings. Mm-hmm. Some of the more popular settings you can play in. Um, one of my personal favorites is Cthulhu Invictus, which is ancient Rome. I have never played that. Sounds neat. Oh, uh, it's if you liked if you liked Xena and you thought to yourself, "Hey, you know what? This could use more eldritch horror." <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah, it's the game for you. Um. So another another fun setting is the Gaslight era. Yeah, yeah, so the eighteen eighties. Yeah, yeah, and then of course there's the famous Cthulhu Tech, which actually is that GURPS or is that Chaosium or is it both? No, that's not neither. That was really? a, yeah, because um, I I own the entire product line. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, high school me or high school college me was real edgy. Oh, I'm so old. Okay. <laughs> um, no, that was... It, it started with Catalyst, actually. Oh, okay. Because my copy of the, of, the, of the rule book has a Catalyst print on it. Oh, my gosh. And then the creators had some... They had some issues with Catalyst, and they went on to make uh, their own company, Wildfire. Mm. So... I'm uh, fascinated how they could use the name Cthulhu in, in, in finding that out because, um, once again, as I was saying, Chaosium trademarked and copyrighted everything they could, and now, without their permission, you can't actually use the name Cthulhu on a printed product. I think I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, uh-huh. but I think... It comes down to the pedantics of spelling. Yeah, that must be it. Because they've added the tech. Oh. It's kind of the same way I think Modifius can use Actung Cthulhu, but they've also got another thing worked out. But Yeah. Um, so, well, so just, just to let everybody know what Cthulhu tech is, Cthulhu tech is exactly what it sounds like. It's future. Um, it's, it's cyberpunk Cthulhu. Yeah, and with not just cyberpunk though, you could do everything from a gritty street level investigators in an anime world 
all the way up to you're piloting Evangelion-esque robots that are cosmic horrors. Wow. Oh, wow. It's, um, I tell you what, when I, when I come up to visit, I will yeah. run a game of this for you. Okay. <laughs> God, I, I'm, Fran and I are going to have to, like, take the whole week off, and we're just going to game the whole damn time. <laughs> no, that does sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway get, getting back to Call of Cthulhu. Um, so, yeah, your investigators, it tends to be in the 1920s if you're playing the core kind of thing. Um, and uh, it uses these uh, specialized, well, if you're playing uh, pure Call of Cthulhu, it uses these specialized rules with uh, sanity mechanics and whatnot. There is a D20, an older D for 3.5, D20 port. Uh, of I do too, and I never wound up finishing reading it because it didn't, it didn't feel quite right. Me. No, it plays terribly. Okay. But um, the the game master advice section is one of the best I have ever read. Mm. I I want to say it's in a box somewhere, so I don't have it in front of me. But I want to say Monty Cook was involved in that. Um, I think you're. I think because he wrote the GM this, advice section. Yeah, because this um again this was in. In um, either just before or just after three point five D and D three point five came out, yeah, and Monty was extremely involved in that and in the OGL. So uh, open gaming license, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I, I suspect you're correct. That actually might have been part of the reason I bought it, but um, I also bought it because um, I had not played Cthulhu in a long time. And, um, well, I'll, I'll go into my experiences in a few minutes. If that's, let's get back to you. So the basic system, it's percentile based. So you use D 100 and really you're trying to roll under a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you roll under that number, you succeed. Uh, that's, that's the core of the system. I, I'm pretty sure with what I've told you and maybe a little bit more you could play right now. Um, I will say the new edition has one of the best quick start products I've ever seen. So if you listen to this and you're like, hey, I want to check this out, um, they've got a quick start that is literally everything you need to play. You could run a short campaign with this. I totally don't need to buy an edition of the Call of Cthulhu. But no, this you don't need to. It's free. This is, really? It's free. You are kidding me. Where can they get it? Uh, you can find it on Drive Through RPG. Okay. Uh, you can find it on the Chaosium website. Really, anywhere Chaosium PDFs are sold, you could find this quick start. What is this? Is this like a fifth edition um, Cthulhu? I can't remember what edition they're seventh. on. Even they're on seventh. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, have have the actual seventh edition books come out? Oh yeah. They've been out, they've been out quick quite a while. To web- okay. All right, yeah, I think the last one I played was second or third edition. Um, third, third edition, for the longest time, was the one I went to. That was my go-to edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I upgraded to fifth. Or, no, I'm sorry, sixth. And then seventh, because uh-huh. it's in full color and it's very pretty. Right, and as I recall, fourth edition was not, not good. Ooh. As I recall. 
recall. I don't. I, I don't, remember, don't really remember. I don't, I don't remember specifics. Um, that was around the time of D twenty. So, um, kind of jump. So this is there's another kind of a little side tangent here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the kind of offshoots of uh, Call of Cthulhu was a game called Delta Green. Yes. Oh God, I was in such a good Delta Green game once. Oh my well, gosh. For those of you that don't know what Delta Green is, Delta Green, you are government agents, part of an illegal conspiracy, who are pretty much trying to keep the mythos from killing us and keep the sun rising for one more day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really it's like X Files, but turned up to eleven. Um, okay, my I gotta version, tell you. Sorry, go ahead. And one sec, my version of Delta Green is actually dual statted. For Call of Cthulhu, um, fifth ed- or sixth edition, uh-huh. and D twenty. Wow. Yeah. That I, it's weird. Once it sounds simpler, and at the other, the other, at the same time, it sounds more complex. <laughs> it's uh, it's so it's such a funky book, but you could play D twenty Delta Green if you wanted to. That's wild. So, um. The last time I played Delta Green was many years ago. I mean, we're talking decades now. Good Lord. Um, and uh, no, I guess about 15 years. Uh, so a friend of mine had this house that had um, a, uh, a basement rooms and whatnot, which is very unusual for Seattle. It's a house, for those of you who live in Seattle, that was on Queen Anne, very old. And um, so we all got together in... Uh, in my friend's house, and uh, the, our, our GM, who was extremely experienced, had this Delta Green thing, and none of us really knew what Delta Green was, because it was, I think it was actually even new at that point, um, and, uh, well, relatively. So, you know, we got the briefing and everything, and we had to go, it was a battleship that we were on, that we got sent to, to find out what was going on. In a room in the house, th- this is a this was a weird house. We don't know why it was there, but you know it's one of these old relics that someone was using. There was a piece of sheet metal hung up, and so it was in the room next to the one we were playing in. So when something was going on, when we were hearing noises, the DM would go into the another room and rattle the sheet metal. Oh, we just heard. Oh, if I was just. If I didn't know that was if I didn't know that was going on, my first response was, "Well, burn it down, folks. That's that's what needs to be done." See, and and let me say, as far as playing a Call of Cthulhu or an offshoot goes, that's what a regular person what their reaction should be. The difference is you're playing an investigator. <laughs> um, many problems. Burn it down should. Many problems in Call of Cthulhu can be solved with dynamite and Tommy guns. It's true. You know, uh, I want to take a step back here um, for people who actually aren't um, knowledgeable about anything we're talking about here, um, which is possible, because uh, Lovecraft has, you know, again, he's a very complicated figure, and a lot of people try to avoid his work. Um, mm-hmm. So... Um, 
Howard Phillips Lovecraft, a lot of people say he's a horror writer, but he considered himself to be a science fiction writer. Um, he thought his weird tales were more science fictional. Um, he wrote about, among many, many other things, he wrote poetry, he wrote prose, he wrote essays, he wrote all kinds of stuff, about um, people investigating things that were relics of ages long, long past. These fantastical creatures that seem to be fantasy are actually ancient alien ancient ancient aliens of immeasurable power um and it's just come from an era so far removed from us that there's no way we can actually understand them uh, cthulhu itself only himself i guess only actually appeared in uh one story in one major story although he was mentioned a few times uh called the call of cthulhu um, and basically it's, and it, 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 Cthulhu's island of Rilla has, uh, comes up for the sea, it's investigated, people go crazy, you know, bad stuff. Um, but there, but he created a lot of other creatures as well, and was very, very influenced by, um, some people who came before him, like, um, Arthur Machen and, um, with the, whose book, The Great God Pan, is incredible, and, um, Lord Dunsany, um, who is less problematic, but also less, in some ways, less weird. Um, I was going to say less interesting. I love Dunsany. I don't know. I think that... The Charwoman Shadow and the King of Elfland's Daughter are just amazing. I, but that's just me, you know. I have poetry in my soul. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, 